0: Welcome to the first ever Berkey Guide podcast. We're here to discuss all things Berkey, and today we're going to go into some of the specifics for this year's race. This is our first ever podcast, and we're doing it on a bit of a shoestring, or as you clarify, totally on a shoestring, so you might notice some audio issues partway through. But think of it like a wax issue at O or a bonk at Mosquito Brook. Rewax or grab a gel and roll with the punches. My name is Ari Al and I write the berkeyguide.com website, and with me today are Ben Pop and Al Serrano, both of the American, American Berkebiner Ski Foundation. I'm just going to launch right into it, and uh, welcome Ben and Al. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Ari. Yeah, Ben is the Executive Director, and Al, what's, what's your exact title? My title is Event Director event director for for the Berkey so that's coming up in about less than four weeks now um so I just want to talk for a few minutes about what what we're looking at this year like what is the what first of all what do the snow conditions look like out there are we do we have something to ski on
1: Yeah, you know, this has been, uh, the uh, conditions are pretty darn good right now. Um, We got about uh, 18 or 20 inches of snow so far, Um, but it was very very wet and heavy when it came down. So, you know, that's not really a ton once you compress it. The base... Is probably uh, uh, 5 to 6 inches up on the northern half of the trail. Southern half, it's probably only 3 or 4. But, uh, like I said, it was really wet. And so the trail right now is really, really good condition. Great skiing. We just had... uh, the Berkey Tour and the Sealy Hills Classic and some events, and they were just um, as good as ever. But uh, that being said, let's just say we don't have a lot of excess snow in that uh, a couple big warm-ups would be a little bit troublesome, and so we're, we're definitely keeping our fingers crossed for some more snow and, and, uh, and then cold weather, of course, to freeze up the lakes.
0: Yep. So are, are, right now, are the lakes still have some open water or some thin spots?
1: Yeah, there's, um, you know, some of the lakes that are just regular, not spring-fed, are, are frozen. But uh, Lake Hayward, which is the, all the, the one that we really care about, of course, um, you know, that's just uh, the Nemecogon River dammed up. So there's a pretty good current that we, uh, that we have to uh, cross. And so that's always the thinner of the ice that we monitor. And right now that's about uh, five or six inches. So we just had a really good cold spell of almost uh, 25 below at night this last week and so um it's it's we're making good ice and uh, the crew is out there actually this morning as we speak drilling some holes um to see what the ice looks like because as soon as we get some uh the go-ahead to be out on the ice safely we'll start snowmobiling down the trail across the lake so that of course you compact it and then uh that way the you know get rid of some of that insulation and hopefully drive the frost or drive the ice creation underneath it a little bit more
0: what are you? Uh, what are we looking at? I know there's. I know there's some a few new features we should look forward to this year. What? What are? What are those? We have the uh, the new start area is next year. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, maybe I let Al take that. He's kind of got a good sense of what's uh, new this year. But for yeah, the the new start area. Uh, will be used next year um, it's coming along pretty nicely the buildings are starting uh, to go up there and uh, you can ski there um, but uh, it's uh, we didn't want to
2: rush that so that'll be ready for next year all right now, Al what do we have new on the trail I was just gonna say about the about the the, the new the skiing at the at the new trailhead is that um, we were all ready to use that for the Berkey tour last weekend but with the extreme low temperatures we had to uh, we shorten up the that course from a full 50-kilometer to, to a 25-kilometer course. So that part of it got knocked out of it. But um, really good shape, and uh, it turned out really well. The, the logging went very quickly. The trail work went really quickly. So uh, the fact that we were able to get right in and start building the buildings uh, uh, beginning now is, is really cool. So is this going to be the last year that we have the power line climb at the start? It is. So wow. there's – so that uh, that – that really steep uh, climb that uh, comes right after McNott Road, that one becomes eliminated. Um, for those that know the trail really well, there's a there's a 90 degree corner on the power line, and the the uh, the, the classic trail taps in right there. And it's really only about uh, it's about 75 to 100 meters to the north of that, right right at the right at the junction, of, right where the 90 degree turn is. That's where the new skate trail will will come in. So. If you imagine that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good elevation right there. So you you will gain the same amount of elevation, but it's a uh, it's a little bit more steady, and it's a lot uh, straighter, and it's a lot wider f- from when the gun goes off okay. for everyone. Because um, that section on the on the little power line bar- parallel parallels McNaught Road that's been in use for many years, that's actually a pretty narrow spot uh, with the power poles going right down the middle of it. There's really only been room for. Uh, one person on the other side to go through those. So, um, now for 2017, when they start, it's, uh, it's 75 or sorry, excuse me, uh, almost 90 feet wide for the first, uh, almost kilometer until the classic and skate split. And then it's, uh, then it's 50 feet wide for the skate and the classic is going to be, well, folks will see that in the classic race this year because we upgraded that section from, um, uh, from where the, from where it leaves the airport property to the power line uh, so previously you could only set three tracks on that there'll be six parallel tracks all the way up to the power line for the classic course and that's uh, that's in place for this year also.
0: Yeah that sounds, sounds pretty good. Yeah the power lines always wide enough but for, for you know when you have 10 people across it'll all be one up that hill but before that it can be a little narrow and the fast start of the race too. So then, from there, it sounds like we have uh, mostly the same course uh, through the through the hills and through the sort of the flatter area. Um, but there's a new hill down in uh, down towards Hayward. We're we're getting on this year. Is that correct?
2: There is a new climb. So with the with the sale of the Martinson property, also known as uh, Rosie's Field, Rosie Martinson was a uh, original owner on that. Uh, they are going to develop some homes down there, some building lots on that, and they cooperated with us and. Laid out a nice uh, section of trail. So we've got a net gain of about 900 meters. So the the new section of trail is is somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, I believe it was uh, 1,600 meters. But uh, it cuts off a little bit. It's kind of a horseshoe shape. So um, with a net gain of almost a kilometer, and it's just a real steady climb of almost 40 meters height difference from uh,
0: awesome. that new stuff, yeah. So something like not not something not something real steep, but something like maybe you'd have coming out of Mosquito Brook. Yeah,
2: um, I, like I think even a little bit more, gradient. even a little bit more steady than that, because it really does really no kind of uh, any any downhills to speak of within yep. that uh, climb, and it's uh, it's steady. Um, it's a little bit it's steeper at the bottom at the beginning of the climb. So yeah, th- the other thing is, I think about it is it's a net climb from the Hatchery Aid Station. So last year's reroute down the Hatchery. Oh right, and That right. was a climb out of there. You climb up into Duffy's Field, and then, then you uh, then it's kind of a level for a little bit as you go through the field, cross over, and then turn into the woods. So there's a that first turn up into the woods on the new section is uh, is in the neighborhood of probably about twelve to fourteen percent grade for a, oh, for wow, a short okay. climb, and then uh, and then from there it's all it's all less than ten with. With the exception of a couple of small two, three meter rises that have a little bit more pitch to them, it right, sounds like that'll be
0: fun on uh, forty four kilometers of skiing in. Yeah, and then uh, and then come down, come down the hill back onto the field, cross seventy seven, and then the rest of the trails uh, same as it's always been from there.
2: Yeah, and the downhill, I think the do- the downhill might raise a few eyebrows too. Um, we made it pretty wide, but it does have a little bit of a curve into it. Um, so those always, uh, you know, that's always an issue with the, uh, with the breaky field. Just with the mass starts, uh, the numbers of people yeah. any time, where there's something that's even just a little bit technical, tends to, you know, can cause some problems for some folks. But uh, it it flows really well. Um, there's a lot of room, a lot of visibility around it. So, um, and it has a beautiful view of the Hayward skyline.
0: <laughs> the Hayward Metropolis, as we like to say, the the the, the water tower. So, from there on in it sounds like as long as the lake freezes up it the the course looks pretty good uh what else what what else are we looking at new this year um as far as sort of the course or the events go um and then maybe what are we looking at towards, into the future
1: um well uh this has been um I think, uh, one of the cool things or one of the things that'll change downtown this year is once you cross the finish line, I'm not sure if you remember last year, you continued straight up, uh, up, uh, towards the uh, elementary school and got your bag and then changed and then went over to the armory. And, you know, it just, uh, that really started to spread people out and created longer walks. And, um, We're fortunate we've got a great relationship with the school district here, and we're gonna this year be able to use the intermediate school. So, um, once you finish and you get to Fifth Street, and there's gonna be um, a bunch of vendor, you know, places to get milk and energy drink and, you know, the usual sort of recovery drinks. And then instead of continuing straight, when you get to Fifth Street, which is basically where the snow ends, you'll take a left. And as you take that left, there's a Catholic church there. And um, they've been great to work with Al's and a ton of work with them. And so they've come on and allow us to use their parking lot for all the baggage. So basically, as you turn that left, bang, all the bags are right there. And you'll be able to pick up your bag. It'll be on the street. And and then from there, you're going to go right about another half block. And then that's where the intermediate school is right there. And so you'll be able to go into the gym, which is significantly larger than the elementary school, um, and change your clothes and then come on back out and so that's one of the changes. I think that flow is going to be really nice. And the other thing, uh, and Al could maybe speak to it better than I. But it's going to be a frozen zone. In other words, there'll only be participants in that area, and that comes from a variety of things. Everything from security to flow. Um, the just like a lot of other major marathons, that once you finish, we're not going to have a mingling of of uh, spectators and um, participants in that area. So you finish, uh, the fencing will continue on. And will continue all the way through your baggage as you go then into the middle school into the intermediate school um and again like I said for a variety of reasons from security to flow that then when you come out that's where there'll be a reunion zone that you can meet up with friends and family and 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 whatnot uh there and then as you walk into the food and then right as you walk out be a big huge tent right there for all the the, the skier food um before you then make your way back down into the celebration area where the stage is and and all that stuff so that'll be a bit of a change yeah, and down. down back down on main street main street to cheer everyone else on of course yeah exactly and that's of course this year uh we're going to have some food trucks down there so not only as you know you can go to anglers and and uh, all the other places along main street but uh, to have some other options for people uh, kind of by that big celebration tent where the lions and everybody is selling food there'll be some other uh, food trucks and music and and then the, the celebrating the stage of course and podium and then right cheering everybody on as they come in so we're kind of you know every year trying to make that flow smoother and give people um, some more amenities and and uh, enjoy the downtown
0: now the uh, it, it seems really the international bridge allows all of that to happen because you get the traffic off of the streets back there
1: yeah absolutely that's that's a hundred percent correct and uh you know we were hoping to have it all four lanes this year it won't be till next year um we know for sure it'll be four lanes next year uh, which will be super nice i was actually meeting with a group of loggers this morning talking about flow of, of trucks and whatnot and um so It'll be really nice, uh, and, and even what we learned last year about two lanes and what can and can't happen, what will make it smoother. But, uh, yeah, having the bridge down there allows all this to happen on the other end. And uh, it, the one one thing that did change with the bridges here is it was heightened up to uh, – It'll be signed at 13 feet 6 inches, which is a legal limit for uh, truck traffic. So, we're hoping that makes a smooth flow for any of the, um, you know, any of the larger traffic that's around as well. And uh, so, yeah, it should be uh, should be good downtown. Um, so, I
0: guess uh, a couple of other questions. So we we, we covered the trail. Uh, we covered some of the finish. Anything else in
2: Hayward we should look forward to? I think uh, just just some details on what Ben gave about as far as uh, your the finisher's experience. Uh, and that's just a, it's just a, a, a further step from kind of where we went last year, where we moved yeah. the, uh, we moved the, the uh, operations trailers that we have from used to be on both sides of the street. We moved them to one side of the street so we can offer a little bit more uh, spectator visibility of the actual finish line itself. And um, so really what we are doing now is from that point forward, we're just uh, making that a spe- uh, skiers only kind of zone. And uh, so when you finish there, you have, They'll have Noon Hydration and Kemp's Chocolate Milk and Cliff Bar will be all set up in there. Turn the corner, pick up your baggage, all within that secure zone. And then you'll just be facing exactly where you need to go as you, as you, when, when you traverse through that zone. Pick up your bag, go out through the exit. You can see the intermediate school on your right. Hop over there, change your clothes. When you come out of the exit of the clothes changing you'll be looking right at the food tent for the uh, for the finisher food for your you know cup of soup and uh, and roll and go right in there meet uh, your friends and family and then you'll only be a block and a half away from the celebration zone so you'll be able to uh, go down there and uh, get in the big tent and they've got the beer and the brats from the Lions Club and Fishing Has No Boundaries and uh, working on some food trucks that'll be out in the courtyard area and uh, yep. all the access to the Main Street business, so uh, just a nice, tighter nice easy, circle. Right, nice
0: nice, easy walk to Main Street and you uh, you can hang out there the rest yeah. of the day. Um, the, uh, as, as far as, your, your new office is right on the trail too and that's all remodeled and ready to go this year?
1: Yeah, we finished. Uh, we did that last year and uh, got uh, got a little more space. Our staff is growing. And uh, so we, we're moved in there now. And, and then out front, one of the biggest reasons we did it was with Telmark closing. We really wanted to create a space that we could remember a lot of the traditions and history and get some of the stuff out of Telmark. So we created a front about a thousand square feet, and it's going to be the Tony Wise uh, Museum. And uh, by Berkey time, it, the grand opening is is we're shooting for July. Um, uh, Alice and Slavic, who did the, uh, the few other museums, including the Ski Hall of Fame, um, is working on it with us. She's a Berkey skier and fantastic and has a great vision for what this is going to look like. So she's working on it. and uh, but So it's kind of a big uh, open space right now, but we'll and definitely invite people to come check it out for sure and, and uh, then come back in the summer and, and be part of the grand opening.
0: Sounds, sounds good. Um, and I guess as far as, uh, a few more logistics go, I know in a couple of years ago, there were some traffic issues and, and that those were worked through last year. Everything seemed to go pretty well.
2: Are we sort of looking to repeat that? that hopefully? Yeah, we had, we had good reports from the traffic flow last year. There's, you know, always, uh, a, a handful, you know, folks that missed their start, uh, you know, had to wait in line for some buses. We had a little snafu with, um, Donnellan field, um, and there was that kind of, uh, cycled a little bit up, up the chain, uh, because the way the buses go, it's once they, uh, those buses that leave from the Hayward area, Donnellan field and, uh, the high school, yep. they, um, that's a long turnaround for them. That's a long drive. It's to, to get up there and they, as
0: we'd say in the transit industry, it's a long deadhead.
2: Yeah. So, um, so actually what we're doing, uh, to avoid that is we're, we're eliminating a couple of the early morning options for, for, um, getting on a bus so the high school is one that we're getting rid of and that that was not uh not many people took advantage of that in the past anyway so uh don't show up at the high school on saturday morning you won't get picked up uh, there will be a spectator shuttle there but they you won't get a ride to the start if, so um, yeah and then uh, the other one is we we added a skier drop-off on County round m at the evergreen chavern out to the east of telemark and that uh that, that was an okay situation, but it's a really small spot. It's not large enough for a full scale if people started to utilize it. So uh, we'd be we'd be in trouble if, if if hundreds of people showed up for that one. So we're, we're just going to cut it. It's Basically, if you're coming from that end, you're going to have to go six more miles uh, into Cable. And then you have either the option of the Como lot or the Cable Business Park uh, drop off on Highway 63. Drop off, yeah. So essentially, uh, Donald and we're going to keep on. Uh, that tends to fill up. That's a short time period in the morning to get on, get those buses up, and then once those buses are north, they're going to be utilizing the Berkey Ridge parking lot, the Como parking lot, and the co- and the cable drop-off area. And Berkey- so
0: those buses will make one trip north, and then they'll just yeah. run back and forth yeah. on the short yeah. so short the, haul up there.
2: The more we can keep the concentrated, the the more flexibility the bus company has with getting buses out there, and then they're and they're really good about that. They get reports from drivers, and they have a dispatch dispatch center where. Um, if they say hey we're you know we're short of buses on Como can you shoot them over here they can they can move them and with those yep. 20 minute turnaround times that they have coming from there then they're much more flexible and people will get in there uh, quicker so
1: Well, and I think, Al, as you mentioned, all of this, of course, will be in the event guide. But one of the neat things this year is we're partnering with the newspaper here in town, and they used to always produce a spectator guide that just had places to eat and stay or whatnot. And they're going to be together this year. So the event guide will be one half. You'll flip it over. The spectator guide is the other half, or the visitor's guide. And so kind of hoping that that will be cool because a lot of people want to know both, or it's your family, and some people are skiing, some people are watching, and, by combining those two guides, uh, hopefully, uh, it gets all the information for both spectators and participants in one place. And those will be available at the, uh, at the expo when you get there. And there'll be a flip book version online of our guide and, and, uh, and then, uh, will be around all over town. So kind of hoping that's just another way to get information out to people.
0: Yeah, that sounds, uh, sounds, sounds good. Sounds like, um, I think we're we're making some improvements. Uh, let me know if there's is there anything else uh, you want to plug. Otherwise, I think we'll probably wrap, wrap this up.
2: Yeah, I think just just uh, I think the big one for relating to the transportation issue is uh, on Friday. So we've got a big you know big events going on Friday. It starts off with the Junior Berkey in the morning, then the Barna Berkey, followed by the Adapt the Ski and the Family Fun Ski and the knickerbiner. And uh, especially with those those youth events that we have in the morning, we've got you know we've got thousands of people in town there and. Um, what we're we'll doing, we've been working with the city, public works, and the police department, and the city council, and um, we're uh, we're going to have a much more restricted parking downtown here. We're both on Friday and Saturday, so from uh, the, the daytime hours on Friday and Saturday morning, uh, there is uh, there's going to be no street parking on Second Street, Third Street, Fourth Street, and Fifth Street, obviously, because that's what we use for you know the Berkey finish. Uh, so, and then on half of the streets in Dakota and Kansas. So if you can imagine, it's just kind of that, those, those three blocks around main street that, that, uh, people have kind of tucked into and, and, and parked at those, those spots will not be available, uh, areas up around, uh, the Sawyer county office buildings and, uh, the intermediate school, places like that, where people have kind of tucked in and filled up, jammed up parking lots. Those are not available. And what we want to do is on Friday, uh, the, all the participants when they come in for those uh, Family Friday events will be directed to the to the Hall of Fame area, the Big Fish area, and there's a there's a ton of parking down in there. The race will start down there on the lake, which is really cool. We haven't talked about, but you know all those kids and the Junior Berkey and the Family Fun Ski, they're going to get to ski up and over the International Bridge and up Main Street. Um, so uh, you know they get the bonus there of of that and that experience. Plus, uh, we're trying to you know, get them to park there. And there'll be a shuttle bus running all day Friday from the from the from the Hall of Fame to the Celebration Plaza. So if you're doing coming up with the for kids in the Barnaburkey or the Junior Berkey, drop them off there, get them start, hop on the shuttle bus, bring you up the Celebration Plaza, get out, and you can see them finish. And when you're done, you can bust back. Um, and then on Saturday, again, same same parking restrictions. Um and the buses will be coming in behind that intermediate school. So, you know, please, if you're out there and you're listening and uh, you're used to kind of finding yourself a parking spot up by the primary school or the intermediate school, uh, you have to stay away from that area because all the buses will be coming in there. Get some in and out of town, totally unrestricted, because they come in off of Highway 77 and Nyman Avenue. They don't have to go under the bridge. They don't have to go on Highway 63, and you'll get good. we'll get good flow there, but they need to come in behind the school to pick them up. So... Um, we'll have a shuttle available from the high school and from Donnellan Field all day for spectators and people coming to meet folks after the race. So you can get in there, get on a shuttle bus, and it'll bring you downtown.
0: And I assume this is there going to be a lot of signs and a bunch of volunteers, as there
2: always are. So, yeah, so on Friday, the signs will be directing you to Family Friday Parking. And uh, and then uh, on uh, Saturday, there's the electronic signs that were spectators in the park in the, uh, park in the high school, park at Donnellan Field on that and all the no parking will be signed
0: sounds good um well thanks for coming on guys thanks for all the information
1: yeah thanks for having us uh, great chat and berkey and i mean it's going to be here in less than four weeks man
0: less than four weeks we gotta we gotta all do our snow dance or maybe just our cold dance right now and keep that keep those conditions good
1: amen to that
0: yeah all right all right thanks very much um and uh we might we might do this again i'll uh, let you guys know if we want to and um Yeah, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks much, Ari.
0: The Berkey Guide podcast is hosted by me, Ari Offsavet, and I'm the creator of berkeyguide.com, which you should go and check out. It's produced by Sam Evans-Brown, who is skiing his second Berkey this year. And In addition to being a very fast skier, he was 40th last year out of the first wave, won the first wave. He also hosts the Outside In podcast from New Hampshire Public Radio, a podcast about the natural world and how we use it. I very highly recommend it. Uh, I think it'll be of interest to a lot of Berkey skiers. And the most recent episode was about ultramarathoner Scott Jurek and the Appalachian Trail. Uh, he set the record. He had a little celebration on the top of Baxter Peak up in Maine. And that caused a little bit of a hullabaloo, so a really good story there. You can download it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, or check it out at OutsideInRadio.com. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Without Sam, this would sound a much, much more amateur production. Our music today is from Dr. Turtle, and we get it off of freemusicarchive.com. Join us again. We will hopefully do this again sometime soon. And thanks for listening.